and welcome to this week's episode of Seen and Heard, Industry Updates for the Modern Dairy Family. I'm Melissa Lima, your North Coast and Organic Field Services representative, and I'm happy to bring you Season 3, Episode 22. This week, in addition to our market update, we're rerunning an episode from June of 2020 in which we sat down with Western United Dairies board member Cody Nicholson-Stratton of the Foggy Bottoms Boys and Nicholson Dairy in Ferndale. We'd ask you to keep in mind as you're listening that this was recorded in 2020, so there's lots of talk about social distancing and things that were going on in 2020, like supply chain issues. A lot of stuff has changed since the interview, but we think it's a great time to rerun this awesome message from one of our board members. We hope you enjoy today's episode. We'll jump right in with Tiffany. Hi, I'm Jessica with PG&E. 811 is a free service to keep our community safe. Before you do any digging, PG&E will mark your gas and electric lines so you don't hit them. Call 811 before you dig. To learn more, visit pge.com slash safety. Hi folks, it was another pretty solid showing in our dairy markets this week. We did see CME spot block cheese prices slip early in the week, um, kind of amid anecdotal reports of adequate supplies out in the countryside and some growing inventories. But then prices were able to uh, regain ground later in the week as buyer interest seemed to increase. Barrels held uh, pretty steady. We're hearing of a bit tighter milk spot availability and also stronger export sales. Um, So held steady most of the week, but they did tumble a bit on Friday. In all, spot blocks ended at 227, a penny lower versus the prior week, and barrels finished at 224.50 down a nickel. We are hearing and seeing retail data on cheese still lagging a little bit behind year-ago levels, down 2% for the latest week. Moving over to butter, we ended the week at 291.50. That was a gain of 3.75 cents. Providing some support in the butter market a bit is also strong international prices. We saw the Dutch butter price around 343 and in Germany about 341. On nonfat dry milk, some anxiety around a little bit of less milk out in the countryside seemed to bring buyers back into the mix. We did hear Mexico, after had been on the sidelines for some time, has been back in buying some products, although they still seem to be looking a bit for bargains. The CME market closed at 186.25 for the week, up just a quarter cent. All eyes will be on next week's global dairy trade event on Tuesday. The stakes there are pretty high. All eyes are going to be watch, watching to see if the auction can break out of its downward trend when places in, uh, with places in China um, emerging from COVID lockdown will be wondering and seeing whether China returns as an active buyer and whether that pushes demand a little bit higher. In other good news for the week, we saw grain prices ease some. Planters made tremendous pro- progress last week, finally catching up with the average pace. As of May 29th, corn planting was 86% complete, a little bit below last year's pace, but still above the five-year average of 85% for this time of year. Soybeans reached 66% complete. That's a little bit above the five-year average. So nearby corn and soybean futures slipped for the week um, on that planting progress and also reports of possible safe shipping lanes for Ukraine grains. potentially improving global supply outlooks. That's it for this week's recap. Please reach out with any questions.
Yosemite Farm Credit is the farmer's choice for agriculture financing. As a farmer-owned cooperative, we are dedicated to serving our neighbors in the agriculture community with financial products and services tailored to your operation and backed with the relationship you can trust. Whether you're purchasing real estate, making improvements to the dairy, or wanting to purchase or lease equipment, we're here to help our members prosper. Visit our website at yosemitefarmcredit.com to find a branch location nearest you. I am so lucky to be here today visiting with one of my oldest, I guess I should say longest, friends, Cody Nicholson Stratton, who's also a member of Western United Dairy's Board of Directors. Welcome, Cody, to the podcast. Hello. Thanks for having me. Of course. Cody, we, um, as I mentioned to our listeners earlier, having a segment this month in um, June Dairy Month to celebrate and kind of elevate producers who may not be from the most traditional background in dairy. And we thought considering everything that's going on in the world, it would be great to talk to people who come from maybe different experiences. And um, you are one of those people. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Cody, and what you think makes you a little bit different than the traditional dairy producer? Absolutely. Um, so as you said, my name is Cody Stratton. I am a member of the WUD board, as well as the vice chair of the California Cattle Council currently. Um, I am part of a seventh generation dairy up in Humboldt County. And my family has been farming here since the 1860s when my paternal grandmother's family immigrated. And so we still actually operate that farm and we've been on our current location for a hundred years. But what kind of makes us unique is that uh, my husband and I run the farm along with my parents. And so I come from to agriculture from an LGBTQ lens. as well as we are a Jewish family, and we also operate kind of within the regenerative, the regenerative agricultural realm, um, being a diversified farm with both an organic dairy, which is the main part of our business, as well as a grass-fed meats, uh, lamb, beef, and poultry, uh, climate-beneficial wool, and then we really built our Foggy Bottoms Boys brand, which is where we market all that through. Initially, as kind of a goal was to do advocating and give a voice to um, LGBTQ farmers and kind of open up that perspective to everyone. And that's built into a brand. And now we really just kind of chronicle our daily lives as two uh, dads raising a tiny farmer and producing organic dairy and raising grass-fed livestock. And Tiny Farmer recently started talking and saying a lot of words, so you're, <laughs> you're definitely having an experience now, huh? We, we are having the experience of talking, and he runs. So <laughs> that has added a whole new level to farming within, with a toddler. Well, I don't know for sure, but I've heard that only gets worse <laughs> as we I, get older. So uh, I believe well, it. He's sure a lot of fun. Um, tiny Farmer is one of my favorite tiny people. So, Cody, um, growing up in a small, more conservative-leaning community in the farming industry, um, you know, you and I have known each other for most of our lives. And I would say that, from my perspective, being a young man who is also gay in that community um, probably wasn't the most outstanding thing about you. I think there's a lot of more amazing things about you. But can you share a little bit about what that was like? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, first, I have to say that I've been incredibly lucky. I have 
a very supportive family. Um, you know, and our family is, uh, as time has gone on, we've really kind of filled that role of the modern family. We have gay members. Um, I have a cousin who's transgendered. We're a multi-faith family. So we really have kind of like over time grown. And so we're quite a diverse group. Um, but I have to say, you know, I was very lucky to have a family that was very supportive as well as come from a community that has really shown themselves to be incredibly supportive of all of us as we've grown up and now as an adult living in the community. Um, I will say, you know, I, as well, both of us, we, you know, went through high school 15 years ago was when that started. Uh, And the world was a much different place uh, then opposed to now. Um, You know, the portrayal of members of the LGBT community was different. We, you know, for me, as looking at media, we had uh, Queer Eye and Will and Grace, which really, for a kid who's worked all summer to earn money to go buy Pulled Herefords, didn't quite represent me (laughs) social media was different as well we didn't we had myspace which wasn't the same thing and so there wasn't the portrayal of you know gay farmers out there and so I was pretty much you know paving that path for myself on my own at that point Um, I didn't really have anyone to kind of look at and say like oh this is possible to be openly gay and a member of the agricultural community um, so you kind of just had to make that space for yourself and definitely coming out was hard because it's a personal thing for everyone, no matter how supportive, you know, your family is, your friends are, your community is, there's always that little bit of self-doubt that worries that things are going to change or that mm-hmm. you won't be accepted. And so, you know, I didn't come out in high school looking back, God, I wish I had <laughs> it would have been <laughs> so much less stressful and so much less anxiety in my life, but I wasn't there yet. And that's just how it goes. Um, but now as an adult, I've found the ag community has been incredibly supportive. Um, I can't, I mean, when my husband and I got married, you were in the wedding, <laughs> and, um, but we, you know, so many farmers and ranchers came for our wedding that, you know, people that you probably just passing them on the street would not think, you know, the guy in a cowboy hat is going to show up to, you know, the two gay guys wedding, but they were there. Like we we're members of the community. They're supportive. I've really found that, you know, the ag community gets behind you and they really value you as a person and what you bring to the industry and not so much about, you know, who you are on a base level. Um, certainly there's always going to be those always people in life that are negative that have less than desirable outlooks when it comes to acceptance um you know homophobia and bigotry still exists and so unfortunately you're going to face that and i don't think there's a member of any minority group that hasn't had to deal with that at some level but uh for the most part i found the ag community to be incredible yeah, well, as a as your friend, I can speak to the fact that I was also a little nervous, and I, you know, you just don't know what people are going to encounter. And even though this is the community I grew up in, and I know the quality of people that we, you know, are exposed to, it still makes a person a little nervous. Um, so I was, I thought your wedding was great. It didn't hurt that it was probably the best dance party this county has ever oh, it was seen and awesome. seen since. <laughs> but yeah, I just. 
I think it really, um, you know, touches me that, and it shows you the character of yourself and, and your husband, just how much you brought people together and, you know, just, you know, what a great couple you are and people support you because as you said, it's about what you bring to the industry and what you bring to the table as a person and not about, you know, who you're married to. So even though we Absolutely. like him, he's okay. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty good. And and I have to say, the one thing that was amazing about our wedding was, you know, we have so many different backgrounds and pull from so many different parts of the community that it was such a merging of the world that it was really just great to see. That was definitely so much fun. Yeah. We should have another party like that when we're all released from quarantine. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, well, Cody, you kind of hit on this a little bit already, but one of the things um, maybe you could share with us is, you know, there's a, maybe a lot of young people out there who are in your same position. Maybe they're in high school or college, and they're just kind of nervous about talking to their families or their community about who they are, whether it's because they're part of that LGBTQ community or, or something else. And so do you have any advice for young people um, yeah. in that thread? Absolutely. We've had so many um, high school age kids and college people and even older um, that have reached out to us that are, you know, struggling with coming out, coming to terms with, you know, who they are, or they feel like they can't live their authentic life. They can't really be themselves and still stay in an industry that they love. Um, and I think that's for us and the great thing about uh, starting our Instagram and our Facebook, the Foggy Bottoms Boys pages, is that it's really given us a way to have normalized being LGBT and ag and to show, you know, that living that life is possible and to connect with people that are having a hard time with that. And I think the best advice I can give is that it is possible, that you can be within the industry you love, you can live the life you want to live, and live it completely you can have someone you love in your life you can be married you can raise a family you can do all those things that are you know normal for everyone else and still be openly gay be proud of who you are and be involved in the ag industry um, and certainly there's you know like i said before there's always going to be someone that's you know a schlamazel there's going to be someone that's less than ideal that's you know going to be a bigot and that's just part of life um but, you know, I think the best advice I can give people is, you know, someone else's bigotry or hate doesn't dictate your life choices. And it certainly mm -hmm. doesn't uh, influence your value on the ag community because you can give so much to the ag community no matter who you happen to love. That doesn't play a role in who you are as a person or what you bring to the table. Yeah, I think maybe as an industry that in the last, couple of decades has seen a lot of challenges it's, it's it's a little bit easier to accept people who are just a little bit different and have a different perspective and those different perspectives are good at helping us solve problems I think really, we've shown ab that absolutely I think that we need as an industry people bringing different perspectives to the table um, and we need you know agriculture feeds a diverse world so we need diverse viewpoints within the industry itself that help lead to that and I've told people this before you know but if a millennial yarmulke wearing gay man can be the vice chair of the california cattle council i think it's pretty possible for you to be openly gay or trans or you know any number of things within the agricultural community so you're not Definitely. limited 
good people with good values and they the main part of those values is that they value people who care and are inherently good like they are so yes absolutely well Cody before we let you go because I know you had to milk tonight and you're probably ready for dinner um (laughs) I always think of June as an extra special month especially for you it's dairy month it's pride month and pretty quickly here you're gonna have a birthday so um just for our listeners we won't say what birthday but um are you doing anything (laughs) um are you doing anything special or different this year to highlight those things in light of COVID-19 or how, how would you encourage people to celebrate all three of those national holidays? <laughs> well, um, so we are doing things a bit differently this year. Um, we've chosen to really utilize social media. We've, we do weekly updates on our farm. And so this month we're doing live updates and we're just going Facebook and Instagram live and kind of sharing our story, letting people ask us questions, whether it's about the dairy, whether it's about um, our life as a married couple, raising the tiny farmer, you know, being a member of the LGBTQ community and ag. And so that's been a great way to connect with people. Um, so we're doing that. We are featuring working with our processor, Rumiano Cheese, to uh, feature recipes on our page. We usually do a weeking, or sorry, a weekly cooking segment uh, that you know does something that comes from the farm. And so this week, we're or this whole month, we're going to do things that feature dairy products. And it's also Father's Day this month. And so oh, yeah. we're yeah. So this is our second year getting to celebrate Father's Day. And since uh, we are all still kind of in quarantine. We're having just kind of the immediate family that's here on the farm. Um, my parents and grandparents are going to come over, and we're going to have a appropriately distanced Father's Day dinner in the backyard. <laughs> so nice. that's kind of our our dairy month, as well as Pride Month and Father's Day. And Father's Day is the day before my birthday, so it's kind of birthday Father's Day all at once. <laughs> Yay! And hopefully this crazy June weather we're having is going to hold out for all of us. <laughs> the I rain ab- is good. Don't get me wrong, but. <laughs> no, I'm absolutely hoping with this little bit of warmth and then the rain, we're keeping the irrigation off. So. <laughs> Yay on electric bill savings. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, well, geez, Cody, thanks so much for joining us and being willing to kind of step out there of your comfort zone a little bit and, and talk to our members and audience about your experiences as a dairy producer in California and you're always welcome back on the podcast. We'll hope to have you again soon. Well, thank you for interviewing me. It was great talking to you. Of course. Have a good one, Cody. You too. Goodbye. Did you know that you can turn your dairy manure into cash? Bennett Environmental is offering above-ground dairy digesters at no cost to you. These systems can also remove nitrates from your lagoons to help you comply with water board regulations. Our proven above-ground technology will generate income for your dairy into the foreseeable future. Because we truck the renewable natural gas off-site, your dairy can profit regardless of your location. Bennett Environmental, turning your wastewater liabilities into sustainable assets. Learn more at bennett-environmental.com. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Seen and Heard, and special thanks to our contract economist, Tiffany LaMandola of Blemling Everag for bringing us the weekly market update. Also, a big thanks to Cody Nicholson-Stratton for sitting down with us back in 2020. We had a lot of fun tuning into an older episode this week, and it's sure a little bit interesting to see how far our podcast has come, especially in sound quality. 
We hope everyone has a great week. If you have comments, questions, or content requests for the podcast, shoot me an email at mlema at wudairies.com or shoot Darby an email at darby at wudairies.com. We hope you'll rate, review, and subscribe to Seen and Heard on your favorite podcasting platform. And have a great week, everybody. While West United Dairies respects the varied views of our podcast guests, please know that views expressed on Seen and Heard may not necessarily reflect the positions of the West United Dairies Board of Directors. Thank you to Western United Dairies generous business sponsors, Gar Bennett, California Dairy Magazine, Farm Credit Alliance, FNR Ag Services, Moss Energy Works, Bennett Environmental, PG&E, and Yosemite Farm Credit. We appreciate our sponsors and thank them for their continued support. If you'd like more information on how to sponsor Western United Dairies or this podcast, please send us an email at info at wudairies.com. That's info at wudairies.com.